Welcome to episode 97 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 10. We are one spirit, one soul, one world, and together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host Hamida, and I want to bring you stories, because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. The countdown has begun. Sharing Life Lessons 100th episode is coming up very soon. We are 97 down and 3 to go. This has been an incredible, incredible journey so far. Thank you for being part of it. Without design, Season 10 has organically developed a theme that relates to energy, vibration, and the universe. Turns out that today's topic is also an extension of this theme. Like we do in every episode, let me begin today's episode with not only a good thought, but a fun one too. This quote is relevant to our topic for today in many ways. I have never quoted a Hollywood star in this podcast so far, so here is a first. Richard Gere, remember the movie Pretty Woman, said, None of us are getting out of here alive, so please stop treating yourself like an afterthought. Eat the delicious food, walk in the sunshine, jump in the ocean, say the truth that you're carrying in your heart like hidden treasure, be silly, be kind, be weird. There is no time for anything else. Today, we are going to talk about a less known modality of mind-body healing called somatic healing. Our guest for today is a certified somatic worker with degrees from Yale University and the Somatic School. She works with clients to tune into their bodies so they can feel more deeply, move more freely, and live more fully. Everyone, please join me in welcoming Sophia Babai. Sophia, welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. Thank you for being a guest on here. Sophia wasn't even supposed to be a guest. Her mother was supposed to be a guest on my show, but I couldn't interview her because her mom's waiting for her new book to be released. And that's when I will bring her mother on. She prompted me to talk to Sophia and I'm so glad she did that. So welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Sophia, tell us something about yourself. Tell us what you're doing. Tell us who you are so that the audience can connect with you. Yeah. So my name is Sophia Babai. I am a writer and a somatic coach. And you probably know what a writer is, but your audience may or may not know a somatic. You can also call it a somatic healer, a somatic guide, a somatic worker. There's a whole range. But basically what I do is help people develop healthier relationships to their bodies and to their emotions. A lot of that is trauma healing. So kind of healing experiences and emotions stuck in the body. But especially these days with the pandemic, with everyone on their computers, we're all intensely disconnected from our bodies. Like even if we haven't experienced capital T trauma, we tend to just go through life with a feeling of stress and disconnection and somatic work is really a way to come alive into your body to embrace the truth of who you are all of the messiness the power the joy the things that you don't even know you're not saying because you've gotten so conditioned to not saying them mm -hmm. i help you get back in touch with all of those and just live a more peaceful and more powerful and more aligned life I love what I'm hearing. And for the uh, listeners, if you need to connect with Sophia, her contact information is in the show notes. Of course, there may be many like me. I had to look up yeah. uh, what somatic 
technique or modality is for healing. And I did not go any further because I knew I was going to have Sophia on. I might as well learn and understand from her rather than go through wiki. So Sophia, become our Wikipedia. Tell us, take us back to Somatic 101 and tell us what is it? So somatic work is a combination of a lot of therapeutic body-based techniques and then more holistic mind-body techniques. So you've probably heard of mindfulness meditation. I think that's a bit of a buzzword nowadays, but there is a whole different range of often rooted in traditional cultures. I draw, of course, as someone who's half Indian, I draw very heavily from Indian. So that's Vipassana yoga, Hatha yoga all of these different methods that people have been using for centuries and centuries to connect to their bodies, to connect to their spirits, to connect to both their deepest roots and their base emotions, but also to their higher purpose. Somatic work is a combination of those and then a much more kind of contemporary, very scientifically based, working with the nervous system, working with, again, trauma, anxiety, and being able to self-regulate and to bring ourselves out of fight or flight state. It's a wide, wide range of techniques. Like if if you look up somatic work, there's 30 or 40 different modalities. And I've trained in sort of a grab bag of them, but the two that speak to me the most are one, the Hakomi method. It's growing more popular, but it's actually existed for a couple decades now. And it is mindful self-study. It's within, you know, a healing container. So with a practitioner you trust, or maybe with a group of supportive people, it brings you into your body, brings you into what are emotions that need to be expressed? What are experiences that have gotten stuck? What are different parts of your body trying to tell you? And a lot of times people will come in saying, you know, I'm feeling anxious or I keep having these cravings for things or I'm engaging in some kind of behavior. And it it tends to be very like, I want to fix this. I want to Mm -hmm. stop feeling this way. And the Hakomi method says, instead of focusing on what we want to fix, let's focus on what's there. Let's focus on what the need is underneath that. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, you're finding yourself compulsively eating, the underlying need could be maybe you want to feel safe. Maybe you want to feel a sense of nourishment. Maybe you're being really harsh on yourself around diet and perfection and your body's saying, no, we just want to do things that make us happy. My job as a guide is not to tell you what the answer is. My job is to tune you in to what the answer is. So that tends to be, like I said, it's self-study. You go in very deep. The other method that I use is the organic intelligence method, which is very, very different. You might almost call it opposing because the organic intelligence method, it's about connection and it's about understanding what's around you, experiencing what's around you. There are five senses, but there's also like the kinesthetic moving into how you're sitting, just being really, really present in the moment and present to the joy and connection and relationships that already exist. Some Hakomi and organic intelligence practitioners don't really like each other because the Hakomi method is looking internally, looking at your past, looking at all of that. And the organic Mm -hmm. intelligence method is very like the present and the future and it's forward. So they can yell at each other. But I actually think that these two methods in combination are really, really beautiful because you kind of need both, right? You need to both be aware of what's happening internally, what's happened in the past that shapes you. And you need to be able to live in the moment and experience that joy 
sometimes people can get stuck in one or the other. So I find that you can see me, but obviously people on the podcast can't see me. I'm sort of making a flowing motion with my hands if you pendulate between the two. Now that we know the basics of what the somatic technique is, there has to be a reason why you fell into it or why you're doing what you're doing, Sophia. So tell us your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I joke about this. I'm kind of your classic stereotypical first generation Asian American overachiever. I went to an Ivy League college. I got really good grades. I was doing this, that, and the other thing. I worked in finance at a startup for a while, and then I was doing environmental work. And it was with the city of New York. It was very prestigious on paper and I was miserable and I was so stressed out and I kept going, I have all these things that I'm supposed to have, right? Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship with someone who really loved me. I had a nice apartment. I was doing this meaningful work and also making a decent paycheck. I had a great social life and I was always stressed out and my health was an absolute wreck. And I was also dealing with some very serious chronic pain from a car accident that I had been in in 2016. My very first somatic session was in 2018. So it had been about two years. And for people who haven't been in a car accident with chronic pain type things, it's usually most people will have ongoing problems for about a year. That's just Mm -hmm. standard. Our myofascia needs a while to heal. But Once you get in on about three years, then it's probably going to be a lifelong thing. And for me as someone who was so tied up and I have to be succeeding, I have to be performing, I have to be doing things properly, dealing with the fact that I was going to have pain and mobility issues probably for the rest of my life Mm. was just, I I was in complete denial about that. And I was doing everything. I had a therapist, I had a physical therapist, I had a chiropractor, I was getting acupuncture. And I was also doing yoga and meditation and breath work and the sorts of things that are supposed to be holistic. But I was approaching it from this really unhealthy standpoint of, I need to fix myself. I need to get back to this imaginary idea of perfect. And I even built this narrative in my head of the reason that I'm feeling so unhappy is because of all these health issues that I'm having. If I'm honest with myself, I had been unhappy and then I started having health Mm -hmm. issues. Like that was not, not the order of causality. I mean, partially I was having health issues because of a car accident like that, that showed up on an MRI, but also I was unhappy and then I started having health issues and especially when I was ignoring how stressed out I was in a really, really unhealthy work environment. I started having digestive problems. I started having all of these things. Then a friend of mine, not even a friend, an acquaintance reached out saying that she had started doing this thing called somatic coaching and would I be interested in a practice session? And I was sort of like, you know, I'll try whatever. I mean, I've tried everything. Why not? Mm-hmm. So I got, we had a session and she asked what's coming up for me in life in general. And I said, the big thing was just my back hurts all the time and I don't know how to fix it. And she did this very, very simple exercise where I just dropped into the sensations in my body and just noticed how my body was feeling. And I realized that I had not done that in two years. In a full two years, I had this incredibly antagonistic relationship with my body. It's like my back hurts, so I need to distract myself from the fact that my back hurts. 
Then again, looking before that, I had always had a pretty unhealthy relationship with my body. Like I had an eating disorder when I was in high school. I did ballet for a while and I hurt my foot and I didn't take great care of it. And all of those things of this idea of the body as this problem that you need to just push through and you need to get it to be perfect and you need to starve it and you need to exercise past its limits and all of these things because it's just a or you need to just medicate everything away or you need to just medicate everything away and i'm certainly not there are things that you need medication for but i do absolutely think that people will also jump to that as a way to avoid the fact that our bodies are imperfect and there's nothing wrong with that Sophia, connecting with your body and going within, if you're hurting, I don't think that's what people do. Exactly. If you're hurting, you're not just going to go within and connect with that hurt or pain and that organ of your body. You are going to do external things like massage or heat pad or cold ice or whatever else it is. So tell me why we should be going, make the connection for us. Why are we doing that? So I'm going to connect what you said about physical pain to actually how we approach everything that we think of as negative. So if someone is feeling stressed, they distract themselves from the stress. If someone is feeling sad, they distract themselves from the sadness. If someone is in pain, they distract themselves from the pain. And in every case, they look for something to fix it. Massage is fantastic. I love getting massages. There are absolutely cases where it's just, yes, there's something that needs tending to. And we need to find a way to tend to that. But a lot of times people skip past that stage. They don't want to deal with the fact that they have an injury. They don't want to deal with the fact that they're unhappy. They want to skip straight to the part where they feel better. Mm -hmm. And what happens is then all of these things get stuck within the body. So my advice is certainly not, if you're in pain, just sit and think about how much pain you're in. My advice is, it's always both end. It's your body is imperfect and human, and you are imperfect and human. And there is a lot of beauty and wisdom there. And if you're not willing to listen to the wisdom there, then you're going to end up just injuring yourself more. And that was what I was doing was I knew I was in pain. So I was trying all of these techniques so that I could ignore the sensation of the pain so that I could keep working 60 hours a week at a job that I hated Mm. instead of sitting with the fact that I have this injury that is asking me to pay attention to it and asking me to be gentle with it. And asking me to acknowledge the fact that I am a tired human being who needs to rest. Because if you've been ignoring the fact that you're in pain, ignoring trauma, ignoring those things, then you have to be able to experience it and move through it. But you don't get to skip to the move throughing it stage. You have to actually acknowledge what's happening and acknowledge that it's happening for a reason. Get it. So if someone came to you with intense back pain, Yeah. What is it that you would take them through and how long would it take for them to see any effect? In terms of how long it would take them to see effect, there would be a transformation in their relationship to the pain very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's not that the pain would heal itself, right? Like I still have back pain. I've, I've been doing somatic work for four years now. It's not that it 
magically cured all my problems. And if I wanted it to, I would be missing the point. But what I would say to them would really depend on their relationship to the situation. Because my job is not to tell you what your relationship with your body is supposed to be. My job is to guide you to understand what your body is telling you. So there are some people who will come to me with anything, whether I'll I'll use back pain as an example, but this is actually, as I said, a relationship to a lot of different kinds of pain and stress. There are some people who will come to me with, I have this problem and I need to fix it. And I'm doing everything I can to fix it. And I did it. And there I would go with a more Hakomi style method of, okay, what if we actually sit with this sensation? Mm. And what if instead of skipping straight to fixing it, we ask it what it needs. Whereas if someone's coming with a, my back hurts and that is the worst thing in the world. And my entire life revolves around this. And I'm at this point self-identifying as a person who is in pain. Then it becomes more of the organic intelligence style of, okay, yes, you are in pain. And that is very important. And you need to acknowledge that. And also here are all of these other beautiful things and these sources of pleasure. And can we acknowledge that we are in pain? And also there are ways that we are provided for. There are things that we are grateful for. There are ways that we can still live our lives, not denying this pain, but not making it our identity. I couldn't tell you if you sit here and say, I'm in pain, like what the answer is, but I can guide you through the process of figuring that out. Mm. And I tends to be very, very attuned to people's energy in a way that was an issue for me when I was younger because people would be a little unhappy and I'd be like, oh no, I've made them unhappy. How do I fix it? Uh-huh. Uh, see, again, it's that fixing energy. Like that, that was my, but everyone's got a different one. Right. But that kind of sensitivity to people's energy is really, really helpful within a session because for some people, it's an issue of self-trust. For some people, it's an issue of self-worth. For some people, it's an issue of just needing to slow down and pay attention. And it's going to be different for everyone. And if there was a one-size-fits-all solution, you wouldn't need practitioners. You could just right. write a book and people could do it on their own. Yeah. Sophia, is this method good just for physical ailments or also for mental health? I happened to have a physical ailment at the time, but it is very much mental health. So it's a fantastic treatment for anxiety and for trauma because those things really activate the nervous system and somatic work really helps you regulate your nervous system. But it's also helpful for people who just feel dull, who are kind of going through the motions of life and doing the things that they're supposed to do when everything is fine and they're always focused on like ticking off boxes on a list but they're not experiencing the full depth and beauty of life. And usually underneath the, I'm just doing the right thing and it's fine. There's usually this deep sense of fear of Mm. if I slow down, if I make a mistake, if I mess up, if I play, everything falls apart. And if I follow my passion, everything falls apart. Exactly. Sophia, this is all great information because you're truly telling me at least things that I didn't know. My my one question before I get to your life lessons is that when you say to sit in with your pain or sit in with the situation on your body, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by sit in with? 
honestly, that's something that most people naturally know how to do. Like at our core, babies, when they're upset, they cry. When they are hungry, they cry. When they're tired, they fall asleep. The issue isn't that people don't know how to feel their feelings. The issue is that people have created all of these barriers and all of this resistance to feeling their feelings. So in my experience, if I tell a client, sit with the feeling, that's not a problem, right? Like if you're in pain, you probably know how to feel that the pain is there. The how that actually gets tricky is how do you do this in a way where you're self-regulating instead of self-harming? And so I give my clients a lot of grounding tools and techniques so that they can sit with what they're experiencing without drowning. So a super simple one that just about anyone can do is if you are sitting, like literally you're physically sitting, mm -hmm. put your feet to the floor and put your awareness on the sensation of the chair supporting you and see if there's anywhere where you can do a little less. Can you lean back? Can you put a little less effort into the way that you are sitting and notice how you are supported. Notice the feeling of the chair underneath you. Notice the feeling of the floor beneath your feet. Notice the fact that you don't need to be sitting up straight with your shoulders back, putting in all this effort, probably exhausting your spine and your neck without even thinking about it. You can just sit back and you are supported. And then when I put people through the experience of sitting with the sensations in their body, listening to the sensations in their body, if they ever start feeling overwhelmed, mm -hmm. they can lean back and notice the fact that they are supported. So for listeners, you can't see what Sophia is doing right now, but she's very elegantly sitting in this chair that has a very high backrest. So every body part of hers is really supported. I think I learned this lesson from my daughter because there were times that she was talking to me and she was telling me things like, uh, I'm feeling very anxious about my exam. I would go about saying, but you know all of the stuff. You know, you know it. You don't need to feel anxious. She came back and told me, mommy, but I'm already feeling anxious. By you exactly. telling me not to feel anxious, that is not helping me. Yeah. You need to allow me to feel my feelings. Exactly what you said. That was like a few years ago. And from then on, if any of my kids come and tell me this is how I'm feeling, I'm just there to listen and let them yeah. feel their feeling. Yeah, absolutely. There are some practitioners who will tell you that absolutely every physical experience in the body comes back to your mental health. And you know what? Sometimes people have a virus. Like not everything comes down to how you're feeling, but a lot of chronic issues, chronic pain, chronic illness chronic hypervigilance that actually comes from when we store stress in the body instead of allowing it to move through our body. Mm. The kinds of constant low level stressors that we deal with and the fact that we don't move through it, the fact that we tend to say, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to mm -hmm. fix it. I'm not going to let the experience flow in the way that it needs to. That's when you end up with anxiety, trauma, the emotional things, but also all of these different physical diseases that are very much manifestations of just your body being stuck in fight or flight response. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that so well, Sophia. Tell us your life lessons. What are your life lessons out of all of this experience that you've had? My biggest life lesson is don't chase what sounds perfect 
or sounds prestigious or sounds like what you're supposed to do. Follow what feels right in your body and trust that your body knows what it's doing. And that can be so, so hard, especially if you have these strong senses of responsibility or these strong senses that you need to accomplish something to actually say, I'm going to do this because it feels good. If I can leave one lesson for listeners, that's the big one. And a second lesson is you don't need a diagnosis or a capital T trauma or anything to be wrong or broken or to get into a car accident in order to take better care of yourself. Like you don't need an excuse for why there is something wrong with you. It can be as simple as if you have a piano, you tune the piano, right? You want to take care of yourself because you want to live a life that feels good and feels aligned. And that's enough. I love that. That is such a good last message to the listeners. And listeners, again, if you need to connect with Sophia, her contact information is going to be in the show notes. Sophia, thank you for being such an informative guest. Normally you hear things that you've heard before, but I definitely heard newer information from you today. So I'm appreciative. That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. When I learned about somatic work, it was like nothing I had ever tried before. And I'd been looking at all the physical and the mental and the health and wellness things for years and years. So yeah, I think that a lot of people just haven't heard these principles because it's so counterintuitive to our culture of we have to fix everything and perfect everything and optimize everything. Thank you, Sophia. Thank you so much. Listeners, for those who are already familiar with the somatic healing technique, I hope you were able to relate to what Sophia shared. And for those who are not familiar with the subject, we now know more and we can use this knowledge for ourselves or share with others who may need it. As an interviewer, it is always gratifying when your guest is open and candid and Sophia was both. She was honest about what she went through and I did not hear any cover-ups from her end with the concern about what others would think. So, besides everything else that I learned from her today, which I'm about to list here, the one thing that she substantiated for me, and hopefully for you as well, is that what other people think about us is really their business and should not be our concern. And, as always, here are my key takeaways from this discussion. 1. Somatic work is a healing experience, a way to develop a healthier relationship with your body and emotions, a way to come alive into your body, to embrace the truth of who you are. Somatic technique is a holistic mind-body technique. The healer does not tell you what the answer is, but acts as a guide to tune you into what the answer is, which you discover for yourself. 2. Somatic healing is good for physical ailment, mental health issues like anxiety and trauma, but also for people who just feel dull, who are going through the motions of life and doing the things that they're supposed to do, but they're not experiencing the full depth and beauty of life. 3. It is not that we don't know how to feel our feelings. The issue is that we have created all these barriers and resistance to feeling our feelings. 4. Most physical experiences in the body comes back to your mental health. 
a lot of chronic issues, chronic pain, chronic illness comes from when we store stress in the body and allow it to get stuck within instead of allowing it to move through and out of your body. 5. Don't chase what sounds perfect or prestigious or like what you're supposed to do. Follow what feels right in your body and trust that your body knows what it's doing. Do things that feel good to you. And lastly, you don't need a diagnosis or a trauma or something to be wrong or broken or any excuse for you to take care of yourself. You want to take care of yourself because you want to live a life that feels good and feels aligned. And that is just enough. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you the next episode of Sharing Life Lessons next weekend. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be blessed.